Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. From the Stash Podcast, it's your boy Rob from COTV, Pigeons 420, and Mr. Grow It, also known as Chris to the Grow Me. Hey, boys. Good to see you guys. How you doing? Living it up, job rule style, baby. Good, good. Good. Another day, another dollar. Another day, another dollar. Another day, another dollar. Holla. Bars. We got nothing but bars over here. This is a circle of bars. Wow. Did we just start a rap group? We almost did. I thought you were going to say boy band, but I can't say. I, I really. I'd be the I one who like might have. break into the rap. <laughs> Just starts dancing. <laughs> yeah. I get some tattoos and crazy hair. Boom. We're in. Let's get that shit. Oh, man. Like Those are things I wish I would have fucking known about myself that I could have been a fucking backstreet boy. Right. But it's funny <laughs> right. enough. That's what we're talking about today is, is things we mm. wish we would have known though, but before we started growing, you know, things going into it, prerequisites, so to speak, that would have helped us way excel faster like unbelievably faster i mean i'm a decade plus now into growing and there's things that i, I run into now that i'm like that's oh, basic shit and i'm like yeah yeah basic shit that i should have known the fuck stupid ass. like still i'm like what what yeah learning every day still 13 years into it so some things you guys wish you would have known you know what's uh, chris start off there i think you probably got some heat there yeah, well, I mean, we'll start with the start at the beginning. Things like, you know, things we wish you knew before we started gardening, right? So one of the first grows I had, uh, I struggled from um, nitrogen toxicity. So I really wish I knew what nitrogen toxicity was and what it looked like mm-hmm. prior to getting started, and, and really keeping an eye out for that because that's really one of the top issues that can come into the garden, especially as a new grower, is the overfeeding leading to nitrogen toxicity. So back in the day, I mean, when I first started, I didn't really know about pH, PPM, right? I had a friend who kind of showed me the ropes on a lot of things, and he said, feed every other time the medium dries out and um, feed this amount, you know, whether it be a full dose, half dose, quarter dose, whatever. And, uh, you know, over time, those those nutrients built up in the medium plants leaves got darker and darker shiny curling i didn't know any of those signs were bad the looked good to me the green the leaves looked nice and green didn't see any deficiencies you know it wasn't no yellowing or anything it was just they were just dark and unfortunately it led to the bud structure becoming very airy and not really um as dense as it would have been if it didn't have nitrogen toxicity so um that particular grow I remember, I think I scrapped, I, I harvested, dried, cured, and really it was just boof, you know, it was just, it was not boof. good at all. <laughs> uh, so I ended up scrapping that grow and, and moving on, but that is definitely one thing I wish I knew when I started growing, is what nitrogen toxicity was, the signs to look out for, and monitoring more closely. Yeah, that's, that's good, man, because my thing was close to that. It was more just about the overall toxicity leading to a nutrient lockout i didn't know about nutrient lockouts i literally every single thing on like uh grow plants easy we'll say susan's listening or other websites that have great blogs i mean amazing blogs amazing visuals but i i struggled with comparing those to my leaves because i was like hang on i'm looking at this yellow decaying leaf okay nitrogen toxicity here or oh this was uh calcium of course throw cow mag on anything it works um, I mean, no matter what it was, it didn't work. Everything I threw at it didn't fucking work. 
And all I was doing was adding more and more and more and more to my medium. And it got more and more locked out. And those plants didn't yield shit. And they were ugly the whole time. And the bud was still decent, but I didn't even want to trim it. Because it was like all leaf, no bud. And knowing now that you can't overdo it. And not just overdoing it, like correcting it isn't just, hey, add more to it. Try to fix it in that sense. No, correcting it sometimes is do less. Step the fuck back and chill out. That's when flushing is a real thing. That's when actually doing the bro science shit is, is real growth science. And you need to clean that out. You need to be able to go back to feeding it properly and know that those salt buildups can be detrimental to your grow. And for me, it took about, say, two crops to get that dialed in because I was just overdoing it using Fox Farm at the time, already heavy in food, and I was just feeding and feeding and feeding. It's stupid. You know, ignorance and lessons learned, but I wish I would have known to pay more attention to that buildup because again some cultivars are going to react differently but also how you water if you're not watering evenly you could get those salt buildups you know the mm. pockets in there which aren't good that's a, that's a good point and like just to kind of just add on that that runoff right when you feed to just get a lit or when you water correction to get that little bit of runoff coming out each time you water um that that's important that's important and that's 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 a that's a tip that you think or you don't think of you know, and when you're when you're getting into the game, it's like, oh, you do want to get rid of some of that. You don't want it all to be there because you're, you're it's getting toxic, right? Um, that's that's a really good point. They're both good points. Um, I I think it's fair to say that I I didn't know you had to know stuff um, when you started growing weed. Uh, I kind of thought I could just put it in a seed to soil and put a light on top and go. Um, I I light cycle. I I put my immediately under twelve and twelve. And I thought that's how you grow weed. Grow weed goes under twelve and twelve, and uh, <laughs> like I plant this, the plant this big, <laughs> but it was actually a little bit taller. Um, oh. Yeah, it it it's. I I didn't realize that a you needed a decent light. I underestimated light in general, and uh, I, I really thought you know CFLs and could really do the job and it's amazing how resilient that plant was and the fact that it even made it through any particular harvest uh but it it it, it immediately switched to um buds flowering and then uh you know at, at about eight inches high she gave me about a quarter ounce of weed and uh that was very unforgiving it wasn't and it was far from good good weed it was oh man that's, it, it was, was gonna say that she probably got a quarter of some fire Fucking yeah, no, boof. It, it was boof. Damn. Yeah, so definitely something that I wish I had taken into consideration. I there's so many things that I wish I had known when I started. Um and, and light cycle. Light cycle is one of them. And then of course I wish I knew it like patience. Patience. You need you need it takes time and it takes weed to grow weed. Um because a lot of my harvests never made it. To, to full length because I was always clipping a little sample here, a little sample there and smoke trying to like it, freeze or the flash dry it to try to yeah, make it good. It's like I, re I remember trying to Google how to how to flash dry weed or how to do it's like create a little tin foil cup, put it in the toast or put it in the tin foil cup and put it in the toaster and put the toaster on. And uh house lights yeah, on fire. They're all left all the fucking <laughs> there goes all your cannabinoids and all your terpenes pH, PPM, and EC. 
Mm. Oh, Wish yeah, I knew about those things. when I first started growing, <laughs> right? So kind of going back again, I mean, I was a, not monitoring those things back when I was growing with synthetic nutrients. So synthetic nutrients, most bottled lines are going to be synthetic nutrients. They're plant-available nutrients. Um, you know, monitoring the, the pH, making sure it's the medium's in the correct range for nutrient uptake. I wasn't aware that there was a certain range that's going to um, impact nutrient uptake. Uh, PPM, you know, what's your, the rough amount of nutrients that are in the medium there, parts per million or, or EC, some people go by EC, um, but monitoring those things. So you can get away without it, right? There are people out there that are watching this right now and they don't monitor PPM, do. they don't monitor P, um, pH or EC. Now, uh, you know, hats off, that's fine. I consider it like an optional thing, right? But for me in particular, it made my job a lot easier having that knowledge checking the, the little bit of runoff, like pigeons had said, the little bit of runoff, so you can get a sample of your pH to make sure that it's in the correct range, and then a peace of mind type thing to know that, okay, I'm in the correct range, so let me check the PPM. Okay, it should have the amount of nutrients that it needs. I should, now I'm expecting to see good growth, right? Uh, when I was ignoring those things, well, I was running into overfeeding issues, underfeeding issues, uh, being nutrient lo uh, lockout due to not being in the correct pH range. Um, so, uh, you know, knowing that I should have been checking those beforehand would have definitely um, reduced the amount of yeah. headaches I've had in the past. That's one thing I definitely wish I knew when I first started growing. And I think anyone who says they don't check pH and PPM, it's because they, they already know it. They just check, they check, like I'm one of those people too. I, I don't, I don't check it. Well, like this is what I'm going to say. I don't check it either. I already, I checked my pH one time and my water is very consistent, comes out of the exact same water treatment center. It's the exact same thing. I, so no, I don't check it every day. I don't check it every week. It's just consistently the exact same as it comes out of the tape. Would it change? Maybe. I, I don't check it. I don't know. <laughs> so it's like, the, then, then do I check the parts per million? Not always. But what's the first thing I do if I have any issues, though? Of Those course, you, I get you got to check your pH. You like, got to check your pH. You got to you got to dial it back. So anyone who says that they don't check it, well, just wait God till you have an soul. issue. Yeah, you're, you're like, it's just it's like the same person who says I've never had bugs. Oh, oh, just give yourself oh, a nice warm hug. Give yourself a nice warm hug. You just don't know they're there. Okay, um, let's be real. Or yet. So, so, so it's just the there's ignorance. And then there's there's people that I, like I would argue I don't check it either, but you have to elaborate, you know. So yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, Ray. I totally agree. It, it's just funny though when you mention those those all those things you touched on are where I'm going is is I didn't t check my pH for one until well, I did it before I added my nutrients in when I first started, so I didn't realize that that was a thing, and and also how I put the nutrients in each step mm. by step. I'm looking at mm. like oh I've got That's four a really bottles, whoopty whoop, do it all up. It was only until I used Golden Tree that I realized the, the sequence of putting things in. And I'd see sometimes I'm using, you know, um, for example, like silica. And my mix is looking a little weird. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Why is this like sitting at the top? Like, But I just mixed it faster and I would pour it in. And my plants would not benefit like they should. And they would do okay. I mean, they still would do okay. Just based on the good cultivar. All genetics. But... Mm -hmm. How I was going about it was shitty, and I'd run into issues, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm checking my pH. My pH is good, and people are telling me, make sure you check pH, PPMs, isn't it? So I did that before I add my nutrients in. 
every time. Like I was checking my PPM and my pH before, and now it seems like common sense. I barely I think want to we've admit all been that. there. I think we've all but kind of been there. Okay. It was just fucking stupid, man. And that kind of fell into with VPD too, where I'm not anal about VPD, but in the sense of how important your humidity and your temperature is, the environmental factor. If you're not on top of that, everything that you think is is going to go to this certain way, you're like, oh, I'm going to be able to produce X amount, or the quality is going to be this or that. You're hindering that performance the entire way there. From your trichomes to the overall production, It's, just, it's your plant's going to suffer. I used to try to, like, for the purpose of being preventative for mites and things like that in the summer, I'd have my, my humidity as low as I could have it, like 20% on average, in veg, first two grows. Like, I mean, I... Good cultivars. That's all that was there because they grew and they made it. And I still, I, 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 I did very similar. Like it's it, good genetics go a long way. Like fuck these yeah, and this plant, is shit. People are going to think we're just idiots after this video, but yeah, <laughs> things we should have known. Things we should have known. known. Now we know. Um, I, 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 again, I kind of build off that. I, like I love how we do this because it's like these are things that I should have known. You know, and it's like when when mixing nutrients is a very important thing too like at the, what you're mixing when that's why i follow the chart of most nutrient uh producers they have a chart that say exactly what to add but what's important is that you're adding one at a time and then m you you have to mix your solutions in between um in between applications or in between doses if you will because you need to activate those microbes whatever's in there you know you need to get them going and you want to see that agitate, little bit of bubbles agitate, you got to agitate agitate, agitate. And so, it, it, it that is a that's a huge thing that I I didn't I I didn't know, and that that that's one of those things that you said you're right. You can you, you'll have good results, but you won't have great results. So what takes you, you to know? the next level is that thing you're missing. Right. It's comparable right. with the microbes. I was adding my microbes in before I would pH, mm -hmm. and I mean, hearing directly from you know Colin from Mammoth P and you know Gina and the people over there at Plant Revolution. Shout out Great White AE. You know, they explained thoroughly that hey, you're stupid, and I'm like, oh, thank you, yeah. thank you very much. No, I know now, no, no. I was like, now I know. Thank you for educating <laughs> me because ignorance is is only stupidity when you decide to not ask for help. It truly is the case. If you decide to be that person in the back of the classroom and hold your fucking hand down and doesn't say, hey, uh, I'm doing this, this, and this. What am I doing wrong? Can you help me? Well, fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear you complain. Well, I don't you can't want to help you yourself. Who, no, nobody's going to help you, right? <laughs> Another thing that I wish I knew about when I started growing was these organic blends, right? Um, I only thought that you could grow with bottled nutrients. I didn't really know about the organic route. Um, you know, for the first six years, I was growing with Fox Farm Trio and CalMag. And, uh, you know, years later, um, you know, I'm using these organic blends now. I'm, uh, shout out to the Green Sunshine Company, make Earth Dust, which is an organic blend. Um, you've got Dr. Earth. There's so many. Build a Soul has a craft blend. Um, but organic blend, basically, it's a, it's a blend of different organic dry amendments is kind of what I'm referring to here. And it makes the process so much more easier because really you have that initial amending of your soil then you have a top dressing that comes usually a top dressing before you flip to flower you know roughly 30 days in and then 30 days into flowering you do another top dressing and that's it you don't have to mix up any bottled nutrients on a weekly basis like you do with synthetic nutrients and you know i wasn't even aware that that process even existed i thought 
organic, geez, I don't even know what I thought organic was back in the day, but I didn't know it was going to be simply top dressing and the initial amending. Um, I thought I was going to have to take a million different amendments and figure it out on my own. I had to be my own soil scientist and figure out, oh, a cup of this and a cup, I think a cup of this for the calcium. You don't have to do any of that. You can get an organic blend that will uh, that is specifically amended for the cannabis plant, for example, um, and you just apply it, you know, a few, few times, and then you just water, 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 water. That's all you're doing is just water, watering, water, you know, water. mixing nutrients. So um, I've shifted to that over the years, and uh, I'm glad I did because it's definitely a huge, huge time saver when it comes to feeding. Yeah. I mean, the organic side of things, it was intimidating to me too early on. I, I wish I would have known that there was the pre-done stuff, even with super soils. The, the complicated side of super soils were the ego growers who would want to throw out the complicated recipes when it's like this is more advanced you can do it you can for sure do it but give me the easy starter and, and shout out to sub cool rp to him he created the the easiest most approachable one that i've seen on, on the web by far just things that you could really get locally that you can understand what the fuck you're reading and you know why it's working for me i didn't do it for years until build a soul came around and it was kind of a more done for content to kind of the people who wanted it the the grow community who are like hey rob try you've been talking that shit give it a shot and I did like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm still doing it. But I also do have a love for the, the organic, or not like organic, the mineral-based uh, cocoa side. Just like the way the plants grow. So I have certain cultivars that grow really well with it. So I kind kind of lean in the middle, and I do grow both. But I didn't realize that I could kind of have a synergistic setup with that by implementing tents. Back in the day, I thought tents, and they were very very expensive at one point in, in history for the growers. But then at a certain point, just from doing a video for people of setting up an affordable grow, I saw some on there for like 160, 140, 110. I'm like, motherfucker, what? So I went ahead and got this one over here for like, at the time it was 250. It's a four by eight, which I thought it was a five by eight because it was listed that, but it was from like Korea or something, whatever. But it was cheap for me. Now it's like 150. I got this one behind me for 99. Mm-hmm. Like so i didn't realize that i could do that and by having those separate spaces you can really have separate grows and well maybe a little bit more to maintain if one is just water only and the other is is your mineral based setup super easy for me or implementing things like automation you know i thought drip feed systems were diy only everything i, I complicated it when i first started if i wish i knew there was a pre-assembled things that you can purchase i'm like oh like drip ray a hydrolock system didn't know that existed just I stumbled on it either just starting with that yeah that we'll was, and i know people who do and i'm like holy fuck see you got the up these new growers who are starting now and watching channels like ours and and learning all of our mistakes and avoiding them to start they're going to be better growers than us in two years easily because they're doing everything we they do with no are. mistakes you know yeah and speaking about the auto watering that's one thing that was on my list is i wish i knew how much time i would save with the auto watering so blue mats for example is a lifesaver and i've used the auto pots as well but blue mats in particular um, for the reason I'm about to mention is really you can put these carrots in your medium and it just kind of drips down. It's a, it's a drip system. It's, it's gravity fed. Um, you just have this one reservoir where you mix up your nutrients and it, it goes to all your plants. Now, when you're on the synthetic side of things, you know, different plants, different phenos going to uptake nutrients differently. So you could potentially see some problems there. But on the organic side of things, particularly when I'm doing the top dressing of nutrients, having those blue mats, I'm just filling up my reservoir. I'm not even doing any hand watering anymore. It makes things a lot easier. And these blue mat systems, I'm looking online right now, 
you can get a five pack of carrots for 50 bucks. And it's like, there's just so much time saving versus every, you know, two or three days, however many days it takes for your medium to, to dry or, or to water. Um, you just save so much time having that auto watering system. Um, so blue mats have been a game changer for me. Um, and also another thing kind of to um, follow up off that, piggyback off that is keeping that medium moist at all times when you're in organic is another thing that I learned. Yeah. So auto watering system has helped with that, but it's important that when you have these um, dry nutrients, when you're top dressing, for example, um, that that top layer is moist at all times because the microbes need to be uh, active breaking down those minerals or else you're going to see deficiencies on the plant. So when I first started growing organically, I was letting the medium dry out just like I would with synthetics and it led to problems unfortunately so um, being able to keep that medium moist at all times um, utilizing a mulch layer up top which helps keep that top layer layer moist i wish i knew that back in the day i wish i knew about cover crops and how uh, there are different cover crops that can actually fix nitrogen for example clover takes nitrogen from the air fixes it and puts into a plant available form for your plant yeah. as i wish well, i knew about that you know so there's a lot of different things and then chop and drop Right. A lot, a lot of people, uh, you know, when you when you're defoliating your leaves, just chopping them up into real small particles, putting them into your medium and those will break down over time. Use them as a multilayer breakdown. Or if you have worms in there, the, the worms eat those up and turn them into nutrients. But I used to just defoliate and throw them away, throw away the leaves. Now I actually use them in my medium, just drop them into the chop and drop technique. Gold. Um, so it just makes it so much every easier. episode. I swear to God, right. guys, I learned shit every episode right here yeah. with you. Like that was gold, dude. I had no idea. We need it. We're going to have to have a, a, another organic conversation since you and I have gotten a little further into doing it since we had that organic versus uh, synthetic talk. And then maybe we'll get Pete to give it a shot. But I think, yeah. like I said, I truly full in my full hearts of hearts believe there's no right way or wrong way in uh, organic or mineral based because i definitely have these this whole grow right here is all mineral based i've got another garden somewhere else that's all organic and for the reason of i'm here and i could hover over it i like it and i see the results of like the certain cultivars that i have i need to dial it in really really tight even the headbanger on the organic run it still was a little too much nitrogen just a fucking pinch not too no not any other plant that i've grown is that but just that one they were bending just the tiniest bit that the tips were burning and I'm not opposed to, uh, you know, changing up my whole process, I'd have to say. But, like, learning with the side of working with Mother Nature has been very attractive for me. I think had I would have known early on that these things are more approachable, I probably would have approached them earlier. It just took me a long time, you know. And it took a lot of marketing and advertising to get, to break its way into my brain. So that way I see them like, oh, here's what it is. That's the reason why big companies like Advance have been able to do so big. When I first started, I thought those were, you had five companies, maybe three companies that you can get bottles from. Dynagro, Advanced Nutrients, and I saw Botanicare. Those are the big ones, just randomly. Same and then here. I saw a bottled organic line, the only bottled organic line at the time that I saw, because I didn't realize that uh, Nectar of the God was, or Nectar of the Gods was until after the fact, but was General Organics, just because it says organic. So I'm like, all right, well, here's my options. This is all that there is, period. And lo and behold, there's companies like Dutch Pro has been around for 30-plus fucking years overseas. Mm -hmm. You've got, again, Dynagro's been around for a long time, but you've got ones that I never even knew existed um, with, like, Roots Organic. Um, 
tons of them, man. Well, tons and that's just they, they, well, at, at the time when we started growing, I, it, it, we all started roughly around the exact same Fox time. Farm. Mm-hmm. We did not have that exposure. Or sorry, we they, these companies didn't have that exposure as, of uh, of being able to produce for cannabis. You know what I mean? Despite that's what exactly what the, you know they were crafting themselves for. Yeah. Uh, when I did get into it, like you said, there were the, like the big th- three or or few. Advanced had a huge run on the game. You know, it was overzealously. Is another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Flora before it was, uh, or wh- who is that? Who owns Techno Flora? Flora? Yeah. And, uh, and then General Hydroponic. Like, but still, there was it, only well, it's like GH. Your, it's G. Yeah, you're right. General. You know, General your hierarchy. Um, but it, it like Advanced was over the top in your face, a cannabis producer or a cannabis nutrient. And that was your option. And I, I wish I also had known that there were decent bottled nutrients out there, or at least for better prices, nutrients too. focused for cannabis. Because I was with, I went with Miracle Grow, and uh, it was first I had Miracle Grow soil, and then I also had Miracle Grow like a a powder in a can, uh, in water shake solution for like for like perennials. Like it was just yeah, it was. Miracle Grow is. I was just like, this has to work. It's Miracle Grow. Yeah. Because again, I didn't. Yeah, realize you went into that stuff. shit. It was just fuck YouTube, fuck the internet. <laughs> I'm just uh, going here we go, that. baby. Who needs hey, a light? Man. Fuck yeah, all you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't and a light, dude. Anything. That's. I'm glad you said that. That was on my mental list that I didn't write down. I thought thousand watts. Watts was it. It's all about watts, baby. Mm-hmm. You need more watts. Matter more wattage. More watts. Everybody thought about it was all about watts back yeah. in the day. Gram now per watt. We two gram per watt. Like that's all I want to get. And technology has advanced a ton. For one, for two, my brain has advanced a ton. Then when I was looking into it, I literally was just looking at it from the standpoint of a thousand's bigger than three fifty or six hundred. Like come on, duh, common sense. Obviously, in a wider hood is obviously going to cover more plants. Duh. <laughs> and it's like, but these things, like, I had a parabolic hood when I started. This is a big octagon, fucking wide ass yeah, yeah, hood. Yeah. And I had umbrella. 12 plants underneath it. Yeah, the big umbrella. No glass. It was hot as fuck. Not air cooled. And uh, it was stupid. I just thought the bigger the better, baby. <laughs> fucking BDE. Just yeah, layered down. We all did. We all did. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. And I was focused on gram per watch. Kill it, kill it, kill it. So I'm stuffing more plants in there thinking that's going to do it and i'm like more is not always merrier it's really not and i fucked myself early on it's not good yeah i fried out seedlings keeping them like too close at like a thousand watts i think i had 600 watts and i didn't have the light distance correctly and just destroyed the seedlings because i thought the more the light the better you know yeah that's that's what the common sense thought is (laughs) when you first start is more light the better and i've even ran into that now with uh led why crank that soldier boy right away? Nope, you need to turn it the fuck down. And I realized some plants they gotta gradually work their way up. The the light intensity of some of these new high efficacy lights, man, are are blowing the old ones out of the water. And I'm not saying you know for the HPS growers who get emotional in the comments, you know, do your thing. If it works for you, it works for you. I see the reasons why for like heat and, and this and that. Cool, but I'm not that guy. I look at efficiency, efficacy overall, and ROI. And when you're looking at fixtures that are really expensive, like huge shot of the chill tech. I see that dope shirt you got there, Chris. They're pricey initial cost, but your overall long-term investment on that is so much better. Your plants are going to be happier. Your pockets are going to be happier. The, the environment's going to be happier because you're not using it so much electricity. I mean, I fuck with them. You can fuck with them too. 420 GC5 discount code. But I really think that overall people need to 
consider the fact that bigger is not always better. More isn't always going to equal m more, per se. It could equal more headaches, more money, more problems. It also more lights, more problems sometimes. A lot of these lights, even with the LEDs, like you like you briefly touched on, are, are too powerful. Um, you know, I'm I'm running the V3 ES300 by the Green Sunshine Company, and I can't, I didn't even put it on full blast. The entire grill, it's slightly dimmed for even throughout flowering. I don't need to put it up as high as it needs to go. <laughs> and there's a lot of lights. <laughs> you hear the airplane in the background here. <laughs> cool, no, so over here. I'm too. right by an Air Force base, so Air Force. We're in the same uh, that's cool. <laughs> But yeah, some of these lights, they're just uh, more powerful is not better <laughs> no, <laughs> because you will that. fry your plants. You're not going to be able to put it on full power. You're going to have to be dim. And it's like, well, why did I spend this much money if I can't put it on full power? So definitely um, just be wary of that. Well, and that's where people get tripped up, too, is like it serves its place. Either A, you put it up higher, B, you have it in a larger space or, you know, C, it's again, the efficacy. It's got more power and like you can do a three by three per prime examples, the uh Growcraft Ultra from Chiltech. That's like a, a 300 watt, three by three, I think four by four space it'll cover it. And it's a three bar light. And that's way too much for probably a four by four tent, honestly. Be better for an open space because it's just intense light, man. It's like, the, I think the highest efficacy that's been tested so far. So you've got a light that, yeah, it serves its purpose, but is it going to be over? kill you're gonna have to dial it low and work its way up and and have it fit in the perfect scenario for you because i see it even still with the x6 is when i put the um my organic the first organic run that i had over here it was the prime example immediately was too intense a light i was seeing the yellowing i'm like what the fuck is going on what, what's the deal here and as soon as i turned it down it started getting happier again but it's just a simple fact that when you're in that closed in tent with the high reflective you know area you're going to end up seeing potentially too much light and that too much light can be more detrimental than too little sometimes. So it just depends. See, more and more people on my forum, light burn, light burn, light burn. It's becoming more and more common issue because of these high-powered high lights. Um, but it kind of, you know, relates to the next one. What I was going to bring up is um, how challenging it can be which to balance your temperature and humidity, right? So you mentioned the grow lights. It'll increase the temperature. Uh, I wish I knew how challenging it can be to balance yeah. the temperature and humidity. I mean, when I first first ever had a grow tent, you know, I thought oh, grow tent need to grow light, need a fan in there, um, you know, uh, intake fan intake fan for air exchange, and my grow pot, soil, you know, so on and so forth. Fire up my tent, put the plants underneath there. All of a sudden, the the uh, temperature skyrockets. It's like, oh great! Now what do I do? Well, add in air conditioning or increase the speed. So I had to figure out increasing the speed, and then I get the the um, temperature right. Now, well, the humidity is super low because I'm sucking out all the humidity uh, because I'm exchanging more air. So it's like now i got to add in a humidifier. So it, it, in the beginning, it definitely can be challenging to be able to balance that temperature and humidity um, to be in the ideal ranges. Uh, I wish back then what I did is I wish I put every all the equipment into the grow tent fired it up and tinkered with it for like two three days and try to before i put plants in there i think that would have been would have been beneficial but yeah i mean every climate is different some people live in very humid climates so they need a dehumidifier i live in a very dry climate so i need a humidifier i need multiple humidifiers actually um, i wish i knew the the challenges that i would face balancing the temperature and humidity so I'm, that I'm one a for sure. never have I ever, but it's like one thing I wish I knew. 
<laughs> one thing I wish I knew also with that, with what you're saying, is how when you're using all those things in one space, how that electrical consumption can impact a place that isn't used to having that much fucking electrical usage. You've got all these lights, and this is back when I'm using my HPSs, but I had like 4,000 watts in this same space right here we're at. Plus, I had a humidifier, a dehumidifier plus, sometimes when I needed it. 4,000 plus, right? Yeah, and then fucking AC, um, fans, uh, the veg lights too. So I had in a space over there, I just had uh, two T5 set up with fans and AC directed in there. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, how many times that motherfucker shut off? Like, <laughs> flipped a switch. How, like, many, how many plugins you burnt? Oh, man. melted. Like, I've just done Just not that. knowing, thinking like, oh, do this, 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 this. Like, houses don't run on that. That's not what most places do. You have to have that kind of custom wired. And you don't just think you're going to be Tim Allen in that motherfucker because you no. will Tim Allen that I, shit. You need to be I had Bob to get my I had to get my entire grow room completely wired to be a grow room because yeah, right, like you can't actually put that up. much onto a 15-amp breaker. It, it just doesn't hold that much. No. You know? No. Um, and you could buy like a $10, $15 device. I think it's called a kilowatt meter. And uh, use those. I have one of those. I bought one of those real early on my grow to make sure I wasn't exceeding the amperage uh, per circuit. Smart preventative measure. Yeah. I, I should have. I wish I would have known about that. Right, right. And I think, <laughs> Chris, you mentioned a good point of like acclimating your lo your, your garden before you grow in it. I can... I, 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 Compare that as to a, like an aquarium before you get fish. You ever done that? Or has anyone ever done that? You'd never fill a fish tank with water out of the tap and then be like, throw fish in it. You need, yeah. the, you need the pump to run. You need everything to flow. You got to work out the chlorine. You got to just get it to a stable habitat. Your garden is no different than that. You need to give it the time to... You, you're going to walk in your garden. You're going to put on the light and get everything going and be like, okay, wow, it's only, it's only 80 in here. This is, this is okay. But you haven't closed the door. You haven't left. Okay, <laughs> you're, you're you're breathing. You're giving off CO two. Like your your presence is having an impact on that environment. You need to run it for twelve hours. Uh, you know, I, I always say get a good twelve. You know, that eighteen hour period. So it's like running for twelve hours. If you're doing flower, I like to do eighteen. If you're going to do eighteen and six for a day, check those thermometers. Get the ones that give you the range of how high and how low you had been. And uh, and and go from there. It's a it's a good idea um, to build a. Well, I don't know how many we're going to do here, but I, I'm only like a month or two into using a tent, and I didn't realize. I, I wish I knew uh, <laughs> uh, how much easier it was to control the environment on a tent than it is to control the environment on a. On, on an open grow space <laughs> yeah like duh and and man i spent so much money trying to cool down my basement rather than a grow space fuck dude i, I think it depends chris, that'd be i was gonna say the variable wise for chris it's probably a little bit more extreme to have that closed in space I, it's a, I, yeah it's a little bit easier because i live in a desert it's a yeah, little bit easier me, like a particular uh summer versus winter it's easier for me in the summertime to be in that open space um, it, it, so it doesn't get too hot in that small grow tent, right, for right, example. Right. Um, but to kind of piggyback off what you were saying is you not, even, you not only need to control the environment in your grow tent, but your lung room as well. So the room that your uh, grow tent is in is, can be important to control that as well. So when you're exhausting the air out of your grow tent, the air coming in is of the proper humidity, is of a low enough temperature 
I made the mistake in the past where my living room was like 80 degrees. And it's like, well, if I'm pumping out 80 degrees coming in, there's no wind to be able to control temperature. So it needs to be lower. It needs to be in the 70s, low 70s is what I personally can get away with my living room to be. And for the RH, it can be, you know, 45, 50%. If it's any lower than that, then I'm going to run into issues in my grow tent. So that's just for me. That's what works for me. Um, but I'm sure there's people out there as well. That, there always um, is closely monitors that and, and would recommend monitoring the lung room as well. Oh yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I did the same thing. I, just opposite. It was too cold in my lung room and too warm in my tent. And I open up the tent and it's just sweating. There's just water flowing down the side. I was like, Oh my God, welcome to the Amazon. Um, I, yeah. And it, it it's like a beer me. that got left out. It's like, Oh no, kind of right. Right. Oh, but uh, that that uh, I, and like I, I am curious from you guys though you know um, what are what are some of the things you wish you knew when you started growing because I like we, I honestly believe we could keep going I I, I, I wish I know I almost I wish I knew now two, I've got some extras I wish I knew now what I knew back then because it's like I would have saved money I would have saved time and boy would I have saved smoking some just okay weed you know um, <laughs> I, w- I would have had great weed all the time you know. Um, some I didn't have, but I am curious. What's something you wish you knew? I want to hear it in the comment section below. Don't forget to hit the like button as well. Eh? Do you yeah, like that? that'd be cool. Go ahead. If you're listening on one of the podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, leave a review, a rating and review. You're allowed to leave on that. That helps tremendously with people yeah. finding this podcast. You can always share it if you know somebody who, who would potentially like this information. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Share it. Uh, but Apple Podcasts in particular, you can leave a rating and review, and that helps out a ton. So thank you to anyone who thank you. takes the time to do that for us. Yeah, if you're foxing with us, definitely fox with us there. YouTube, Spotify, wherever, or watchcltv.com. Or even twitch.tv slash from the stash podcast. Would that be said? Every week. Every week, I think. Yeah, maybe sometimes every twice. Every week. What? That's your boy Rob from CLTV, Pigeons 420, and Mr. Gort. We will see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.